I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Relentlessly Resilient, where real people share their real-life challenges and the tools they've developed to move forward and live their best lives. I'm Jenny Taylor, and joining me today as a guest host is our podcast producer, Kellyanne Halverson. Kellyanne, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. This is one of those good examples of resiliency where when things change, you jump in and keep working. Yeah, this is so exciting. We're excited for Michelle, our co-host. She is in the middle of finishing up some incredible life coach Mm -hmm. training. This is, it's like getting a PhD in life coaching. This isn't just download a certificate that says I can coach you. She's been going through the Jay Shetty school. It's, it's intense. It's incredible. It really works. People Mm -hmm. who've been through this training are very effective coaches and she is wrapping up some final papers and exams and, and group time. And so we are going to jump in you and I as we get ready for summer, yeah. we're having our, our, it's not really a co-host conversation. I guess it's a host and producer a host producer. It's a co-room conversation. <laughs> we're in the same studio. It's a co-studio conversation. So to our listeners, we're glad you're with us today. We're going to have a fun time talking about what I like to call America season. And Kellyanne kind of laughed this morning when I, I referred to it as such, but it's America's season. It's, you know, Memorial Day, particularly Memorial Day to Labor Day, but I actually extend it Memorial Day to Veterans Day. And in my my world right now, that's when we get really busy. And then mm-hmm. I run a foundation in my, my late husband's honor. I do a lot with the Army, involved, you know, here and there with politics, or at least people who are elected officials, not politics, the, the bad word politics, but <laughs> Wonderful people who throw their hat in the ring and serve our country. And the summer is what I call America season. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love that you you talked so much about how you're so involved in it. And I think that's what I kind of want to spend this first section on is just reminding our audiences what you are kind of doing with your your work with the foundation as well as – I'm going to say it wrong again. What's it called? The SOG. SOG. (laughs) Okay. Which stands for? Okay. SOG. S-A-W-G. It stands for the Survivor Advisory Working Group. So I'll back up a little bit and and people ask, you know, what do you do? In fact, I was at a conference with the Army a couple weeks ago and found myself in the elevator with someone and common conversations. What's your name? What do you do? Mm -hmm. And I drew a blank. Like, Like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, I'm a mom. I have seven kids. I mean, I, I didn't know how to answer because I'm like, I feel like I do a thousand things, but I don't have a job. I'm using air quotes. I don't have an employer that provides a monthly paycheck in a traditional fashion. So here's what I do. I am a high school teacher by background. Mm -hmm. I have not taught high school since my daughter was born, and she's a senior in high school right now. So that's 
funny that I still identify as a school teacher. <laughs> I am an avid school volunteer, though. I will say, you know, it's not a paid position, but I've been in the schools, in the classroom, in the district for years. When my husband passed away, life flipped upside down in, in lots of ways. And one of the biggest ways has been maybe not the work I do. Again, work being different from a job. We all, we all do work whether you have a job or not. About a year after my husband was killed, the Army reached out to me and asked if I'd consider serving as what's called a CASA. Army's full of acronyms. <laughs> CASA, C-A-S-A, Civilian Aid to the Secretary of the Army for the state of Utah. So in that position, I'm technically a special government employee, S-G-E, special mm-hmm. government employee, but it's an unpaid, it's a volunteer position. I'm a liaison between the Secretary of the Army and the Pentagon and all things Army here in Utah. That's a fairly broad job wow. description, but it just means I have the opportunity to try to support the Army here in the state, a lot with recruiting, retention, families, casualties when there are fatalities. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the hardest part of the job. But that, separate from the CASA position, I was asked to apply and serve on what's called the SOG. Now, the SOG is, both of these are very Army-specific programs, but similar programs exist in the, the Marines, the Navy, the Air Force. Yeah. The The military sometimes gets a bad rap of being so big and so separate from its people that there's probably some truth to that. You know, making changes is like turning the Titanic around. Unwieldy. Sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's huge. But everyone that I've met and worked with in these two capacities, when you get to those super senior levels of leadership, I found them to be very wonderful, compassionate people. They might be disconnected. They might be unaware. They might not know from the Pentagon what's happening in a National Guard unit here in Utah. But when things are brought to their attention, I have found them to be genuinely compassionate and considerate Mm -hmm. and then affecting change. You know, sometimes literally to make a change in army policy requires an act of Congress. That's not easy to do. So the SOG is specific to survivors in the Army. It's a working group with the chief of staff of the Army. And so for those who don't understand Army leadership uh, super well or not familiar with it, in the military there's an enlisted side. You can be an enlisted private or a sergeant or a sergeant first class. And then there's an officer side, lieutenant, captain, major up to general, all those things. And then in our government, we have the cabinet side for like the president's secretary of such and such. Mm -hmm. So in the army, we have a senior enlisted guy. He's called the sergeant major of the army. We have a senior officer, the chief of staff of the army. And then we have the secretary of the army that's not in the uniform, but serves as the president's cabinet member over the army. So, so it sounds are, similar to like those checks and balances. People have different responsibilities yep. to keep. And I, yeah, I like that. I okay. always liken it to PTA because that's the world I live in. And <laughs> there we go. the PTA has teachers and the PTA has parents and the PTA has principals. And you're, you're kind of working together. You're bringing different vantage points, right? Awesome. And you're trying to see things from different vantage points. And, and again, sometimes the bigger the organization, the harder to have a real intimate vantage point. Mm-hmm. So on this working group... I I go to Washington, D.C. twice a year and have monthly virtual meetings to specifically talk about issues survivors in the military face. Um, A lot of paperwork in the military. Uh, There's a lot of paperwork to being a widow, whether Mm -hmm. you're in the military or not, but particularly if you are in the military. So it's been a great opportunity. It's opened my eyes quite a bit to the difficulties. It's easy when you face a tragedy or when your life doesn't go as planned to be like, oh my gosh, my life is so hard. Woe is me. It's only <laughs> yeah. me. And then you meet somebody else and you're like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> right? Mine's not so bad. I'll hang out here. You know, there's there's a, a good friend of mine, a woman I know whose husband was also a major in the army and he was in Afghanistan. 
and he was killed by, uh, in fact, we've interviewed her, Tracy Volke, mm-hmm. killed in, in a rollover accident. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't a combat something. And then you have those where the, the soldier is wounded and you think they might make it and then they don't make it or they do make it and now they're physically incapacitated for the rest of their lives or or you have, you know, the hardest one I ever met was Army son, a Gold Star son, Gold Star meaning his father was, uh, you know, a, a military father, casualty. Yeah, yeah. But here's the interesting thing. I met him at the White House. It was Memorial Day time of 2019, mm-hmm. pre-COVID, immediately post-Brent's death. So very raw, very fresh. And again, you you know, you run into people at these events and after the ceremonial portions, you make small talk. And he, he asked what had happened. I said, well, my husband was killed in Afghanistan and, you know, five, six months ago. And, and he looked at me with real serious eyes and he said, well, at least you got your husband back. And I looked at him like, dude, I just told you my husband died in Afghanistan and didn't come home. Like I, in my own grief and pain, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, you just didn't hear what I said. Mm -hmm. But he continued to tell me 50 years ago, his father went missing in Vietnam and still has not been found. The body has not been They presume him Mm -hmm. deceased, Mm -hmm. but they didn't get anything back. And so again, sobering. Mm-hmm. opportunities, wonderful opportunities, eye-opening opportunities. And and to be honest, it's opportunities I never thought, well, first one, I didn't know they existed. I never thought I'd be the one serving in the army. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not in the army, I'm serving in the army. You're serving, yeah. And it, it feels you like have it's a, a unique continuation. that's important to be seen. It's a continuation of the legacy of, of my husband's service. And his legacy was a continuation of the legacy of hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. before him. And I love what you just mentioned, and maybe we'll close this segment with this. I want all of our listeners to hear what you said about unique perspective. And I want each listener to think about their unique qualifications. When I was first asked to serve either on that SOG or as a CASA, I'm like, I'm not qualified. You know, a lot of my counterparts, especially the CASA world, is retired generals, retired CEOs, older, more seasoned individuals with lots and lots of influence and money and, and things I don't have. And I, I really grappled with it when they first called me, and I was still overwhelmed and in shock. And driving around one day and had a moment of clarity that for me it was, you know, me and my my maker, my my higher power. Mm-hmm. It's kind of me a conversation with God in my head. And the words that came into my mind were uniquely qualified. Yeah. I'm yeah. not comparably qualified. I'm not overly qualified. I think I'm underqualified. But what matters most is I could be uniquely qualified. I have a unique background, a unique perspective. I come as the mom of military kids. I come as a survivor of someone who died in the military. I come as someone from a state out west where we don't have really gigantic, we have Hill Air Force Base, but we don't have Fort Bragg and mm-hmm. Fort Benning. And and so I would just encourage each listener to think, as we go to this break, what are you uniquely qualified to do or offer? And I want to encourage you to not just think about that, but to actually share it with others. What we often say on the show is the opposite of grief is connection. Finding a safe place to share your story is going to help you to overcome. And you're going to find that you're not alone, just like you found you're not alone. (laughs) You'll find people all around you have it much, much worse. (laughs) And and you'll find that people all around you have unique experiences. Yeah. And yours doesn't have to be better or worse or harder or easier Let it be unique and let your unique path qualify you in unique ways to uniquely be able to give back. So let's think about that. Unique ways, unique connections. Okay, we'll be right back. 
I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. And we're back. This is so fun, Kellyanne. I'm so glad you could join us and you could easily host this show. For those of you who don't know what it takes to run a podcast on the back end, Michelle and I show up, we talk to people, and we go home. We don't touch the board. We don't edit. We don't do anything. She's remarkable. So oh, They make it easy for me. Well, you, you make us look good, so thanks. I sound good. <laughs> so here we are. I've, I've mentioned some of that military uh, work that I've been able to do, and it's been really life-changing. And then another opportunity that I've had that I've stumbled upon, as mm-hmm. we so often do when life falls apart, we stumble. Yeah. And hopefully we stumble upon Ooh, I love that. Something. Stumble upon, stumble yeah. what did I, what did I stum- What did I stumble upon? Well, my husband died shortly before his 40th birthday. And I very much wanted to have a 40th birthday party like most people. I mean, 40 is a big deal, yeah, right? For one yeah. thing, it's old. <laughs> for another thing, you know it's coming for a, a lot of years. And so my husband had been deployed when he turned 39. And the Afghans threw him a birthday party, and that was so fun. I'm like, we are going to throw you a birthday party when you get back. And I had it all planned in my head, and he was the mayor. And during the deployment, a lot of people had helped us. So I'm like, we need to invite the whole city and tell them thank you, and it's just going to be this expression of gratitude. And then he died. Mm -hmm. And then even more people helped us. Mm -hmm. And the gratitude grew even more. And that darn date on the calendar came. Like, it's going to be his birthday, and I had a party plan and then it's that poor me mm-hmm. it didn't go as planned what will I do and then I I just again another moment of clarity we're going to celebrate anyway yeah. in fact we've got even more to celebrate now we're not celebrating the fact that he's dead we're celebrating that he lived we're celebrating the wonderful people that have helped us we're celebrating the freedoms we have because people like him through generations of time have been willing to die so that we can live right? So I'm like, we have so much to celebrate. So, and it goes back to what our American season is: is yes. people America season patriotic, making yes. a difference, willing to fight for our ethics, our beliefs, and, and to share that. And bigger than others. yourself, and it's right? bigger than yourself. Bigger than yourself. So here yeah. we're coming on. Brent Taylor was born on July 6th, which is so fitting for the man that loved America. <laughs> and he would always give his mom a hard time that she was two days late. I'm like, honey, you clearly have never been the pregnant woman. We don't actually, <laughs> especially in in 1979. It wasn't like scheduled inductions are what they are today. So, plus, who knew the man would grow up to love America so much? Mm-hmm. So, his birthday came, and we we had had some friends at the University of Utah start a scholarship in his name. Very oh, common wonderful. when someone passes yeah. away. And he was a PhD student at the time. And some of his friends had started a scholarship, and we thought, wouldn't it be great if in his memory for his birthday, rather than gifts or something, what if we asked people to donate to this scholarship? And so we started a campaign. We called it 40 for 40. Mm-hmm. We wanted to raise $40,000 for his 40th birthday. Now, keep in mind. The marketing person is like, right, ooh, yay. $40,000 for a non-working, stay-at-home mom, former high school public school teacher is like two years of the salary I haven't made for 15 years, right? <laughs> like, I, that was an ambitious goal. But I'm, I'm happy to report that we got there through the generosity of, of some businesses and foundations and families and people we know. But what we did... As we started to plan that party, 
somebody in marketing world said, hey, if you can get tax-exempt status from the IRS, people will donate more. I'm yep. like, okay. <laughs> so had a friend help. We filled out all the paperwork, and we filed to be an official 501c3 nonprofit status organization. And the Major Brent Taylor Foundation was born. Very clever name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like some people have really clever marketing skills, and I'm like, uh, Brent Taylor Foundation. But that's no, fine. Lo- There's I a lot of names. What's important? Pat Tillman Foundation, the, the uh, Larry and Gail Miller Family mm-hmm. Foundation. So mm-hmm. you know whose it is. And that has led to just more opportunities to serve, and to help, and to lift, and to grow, and, and to be helped. You know, did you even think that that would no. have happened? No, that no, no, it would no, no, have grown no. so much. No, we were gonna. I mean, I was like I said, forty thousand dollars felt like a million. Mm-hmm. And I remember my sister's business partner was very generous and and wrote us a check for a thousand dollars. I was like a thousand. You gave us a thousand dollars, and and somebody gave us four thousand dollars, and it was unbelievable. It's the generosity. What's happened since? And this is where America's season comes in. We've had some great opportunities. We partner with a group called Follow the Flag, and oh, many I of our listeners the flag, yeah. love them. We love them. It's the giant flag. It's we the love giant to flag. See and it so, warms our hearts. It, and it just reminds us that America is not all bad. So, um, when Brent was killed, some of our friends in North Ogden called Kyle Fox, the founder of Follow the Flag, down in Pleasant Grove, Utah, about an hour or so away, and said, "Could we borrow your flag?" <laughs> it is funny, but they did. They borrowed the flag. Kyle and his crew came up. They hung that flag in in North Ogden's Coldwater Canyon. Um, over Veterans Day, right mm-hmm. after Brent died. It was such a huge hit in our community that friends in North Ogden said, Kyle Fox, thank you for lending the flag. We want to buy our own. We want to. <laughs> yeah. And so so they bought their they bought their own, you know, just generous, generous people in my community, all while I'm in this fog of grief. Mm-hmm. Now the Major Brent Taylor Foundation is the proud owner of that flag. And we partner with we still partner with Follow the Flag. We partner with another group called Honor the Hero. Mm-hmm. Honor the Hero is a bunch of mountaineering men and women who know how to get giant flags in canyons. I don't. I can own the flag. I can love the flag. I do not they'll, know they'll how to rig. They'll take care of the logistics. Yes. There you go. And they're amazing. And it's a lot of guys from Weber County Search and Rescue, mm-hmm. military, former military. Well, and there's there's a bit of a tool of resilience in there as well as yeah. letting other people do some of the work for right. you and with you. And, and that is, and that's um, a definite tool of resiliency to recognize you don't have to be all things. You don't have to have all skills. And you don't have to do it in all. In fact... The more you let other people help, the more beautiful. So that is, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the main hold of what we try to do now in, in the Major Brent Taylor Foundation. People ask, what do you do? Well, I could tell you the programs we do, and I will in a minute. But what we try to do more than anything is ignite patriotism in other people by giving them opportunities to serve. Because I believe, I believe patriotism exists in us. I don't need to give you patriotism. I am not patriotism. Brent was not America. I want to ignite it in you. Mm-hmm. And the only way I can ignite it in you is to put you to work. And I think parents understand that. We put our kiddos to work. And bosses understand that. Mm-hmm. And principals understand that. Administrators. So we, a lot of those service opportunities come with American flags. Mm-hmm. Whether they're in a canyon, we will take hundreds of flags to veterans' funerals, regardless of how young or old they died, regardless of when they were served. And, and that's a beautiful opportunity. We, we love it because I think we own like six or seven hundred of the Boy Scout style flags. Oh, I love it. Well, if you ever need flags, call me. <laughs> 
It's recognizable. It's symbolic. It's layered in history. Like an, you see an American flag, and I know sometimes we get some grief from other countries sure. that don't put their flags up every there, everywhere. But we, our patriotism is tied to the flag because it's tied to the history and the stories yes. behind it. And that's what you're doing is you're sharing Brent's story and letting that connection spread and yes. serve. And, and in sharing Brent's story, we're really sharing so many other stories. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that we're – in fact, that's that's kind of been a main driver in this this foundation for me is, again, we've been so blessed and so loved and so served and so supported. And I know not everyone feels that same support and and so we're trying to help connect that and and maybe bridge some of those gaps and so maybe it's a veterans funeral maybe it's a community event maybe it's a, a city parade mm-hmm. so we have the giant flag in the canyon it measures 75 by 150 feet we have 6 or 700 of the boy scout style flags that are each 3 by 5 feet and then we have flags in between 6 by 10 feet 10 by 15 15 by 25 a 30 by 60. We just lent one of our flags to Weber High School. They hosted Governor Cox. Mm-hmm. He was doing a school tour. Maybe someone listening, he came to your school. He's gone to several schools across the Wasatch Front in the past couple of months. And our theater director, who would be hosting the event in the auditorium, wanted to set something that would look beautiful for this gubernatorial visit. Mm-hmm. So he called to see if he could borrow the flag. We're like, of course you can. And then guess what happened? Everyone loved the flag so much. Weber High just ordered their own flag. Oh, There's I something love it. about it. So, so Kellyanne, let's talk for a second. Patriotism, the flag, mm-hmm. the Constitution. Sometimes in today's world, right now in 2023, mm-hmm. those words can be very divisive, yeah. and that makes me very sad. And they can almost be a weapon in and of themselves. Like, well, I love the Constitution and you must hate it. Or Ugh. I hold to the Constitution and you defile it. I'm so done with the I'm so done. Against. <laughs> so what if this? Let's talk about patriotism. And I talk about it a lot in schools or assemblies or speaking opportunities. And I think before we can really understand what patriotism is, it's important to lay out what patriotism is not. It is not bigotry. It is not supremacy. It is not arrogance, and it was never intended to be. Mm-mm. I think for me and what I hope to ignite in people and have them ignite in themselves, patriotism is an awareness, like you said, to that history. Mm-hmm. Patriotism is a gratitude mm-hmm. to the price of freedom that, let me tell you, it's pretty darn costly, oh, especially yeah. for the men and women who come home in a casket draped in a flag. Freedom isn't free, people. Mm-mm. It's not just a cliche. And patriotism is compelling. So I, I'm, I'm humbled by it. I'm aware. I'm grateful for it. And then, honestly, I hope more than anything that as a patriot, I feel a little bit of a kick in the butt mm-hmm. to make my community better. Yes, it's an action. It I is. love that. Let's it's, talk about that a bit more in, in the next section. Oh, my gosh. We're already ready for, we're the, next ready for the next People, section. People, hold tight. We're going to a commercial break. We'll be right back. how <laughs> we can celebrate that throughout the season. America's season. Here we come. And, oh, I just love what you just said about patriotism, how it's about gratitude and it's our freedom isn't free. It's about history. It's about appreciation. And I love that you said that's an action. I, you know, I always think of, uh, you know, these positives that we get in our life. For, for me, it's it's the, 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's creative fandoms and stories that I love. Um, I imagine like this big delicious cookie that I've been given. And I just love it so much. You know, when you're a little kid and they just slobber all over it. What do they do? They hand it to you. Want a bite? They want you to experience (laughs) it. Yes, they want you to taste this. That's what I want. I want people to to share these stories and to to learn that. And part of that is patriotism. It is. It's it's patriotism. And again, patriotism is not an arrogance. Patriotism is an awareness, a gratitude, and an action. So let's look at that. If we're aware and we're grateful and we're acting, what can you do? Now, you mentioned history. Mm -hmm. People listening might say, oh, well, the history of America is so imperfect. And what about slavery and racism? And man, we have a lot of black marks in our history as a country. Mm Kellyanne, if you and I were being super candid, we probably have black marks in our personal 100%. history. We learn from our that. families, our jobs. So here's, <laughs> I heard it was uh, a couple years ago when I was brand newly in as a CASA, I was invited to an event up at Utah State mm-hmm. where uh, General Mattis was coming. He was a former Secretary of Defense, and he came to speak to students and other people at the university. And he went back to the original founding fathers' founding documents, and the words "We the people." In order to form a more perfect union, right? We the people of the United States. So in order to form a more perfect union, and he focused on that phrase and he said, in order to form a more perfect, not necessarily more perfect than everybody mm-hmm. else, because let everybody else be more perfect too, please. We're comparing ourselves he, against ourselves. <laughs> he focused on more perfect than we have been. Mm-hmm. And you can look at the history of our country through two different lenses. You can look at one that's just critical mm-hmm. and almost embarrassed and apologetic and, oh, my goodness, we are horrible, awful people and we've been horrible, awful people for hundreds of years. Or you could look at the same history with the same candor mm-hmm. and say, oh, my gosh, there are some really horrible, awful things. I'm so glad we've moved away from that. Yes. Or I'm so glad we're trying to move. You know, we d- does racism real in America? Yes, yes, absolutely. Horrifically. Are we at least trying like we we don't own each other anymore mm-hmm. i'm sorry that we ever did we don't segregate our schools as as specifically and overtly as we mm-hmm. used to i'm sorry that we ever did we're working on we discovering have, the history and yes. letting it speak so that we can get rid of the biases of our past and, and we can be aware again i think the first thing about awareness. patriotism is awareness mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. be aware if you don't think this country is worth fighting for or worth dying for mm-hmm. i would argue you don't know enough about it yes. and if you don't think the price of freedom has been paid well enough or high enough, you haven't met enough people who have paid for it with their blood. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I, I mentioned that I was a school teacher. Well, I taught American history and government. Like I've loved this stuff long before I ever met Brent and certainly long before I buried him. Mm-hmm. And so there's a sacred honor. You know, you can say I, I run a foundation, I co-host a podcast, I'm a SOG, I'm a CASA, whatever. There is a reverence, I feel, to say, I am the widow of an American soldier. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate it. I hate the fact that he's dead. And yet, I remember those early hours right after he was killed. And maybe I've shared this before. I can't remember. He was killed on a Saturday. Sunday was a blur of, of well-wishing and press conferences and people and mm-hmm. love and things. Monday morning, I got on a plane with two of my sons. And we went to Dover Air Base to do what very few Americans get to do. And I say get with great humility, I stood on the tarmac in the middle of the night and watched an aircraft bring my husband's body in a flag-draped casket and transfer it to a military hearse to be taken to the military mortuary to be prepared for burial. 
And as a as a patriot myself, again, aware, grateful, and wanting to act, mm-hmm. as a teacher of this history of this country that's full of flaws and yet trying, I that very morning I reached out to some of my academic and, and educational colleagues, to a friend of mine that's an American history teacher and a principal, and and some of the people I know in that vein. And I just I remember asking them to think of and pray for me that in the midst of my personal grief, I wouldn't lose sight of the historical significance of what was happening on that tarmac. And so for me, when I talk about America season and it starts with Memorial Day and goes through Veterans Day, like people, this is a time to think about what America means to you. Go ahead and acknowledge the fact that America is imperfect. Please be authentic in your country's history as you are with your own life. Let's be authentic and real. And... Let's not beat ourselves up forever over the past. Let's look for ways to move forward. So do what you can to, as an individual. You'd be surprised what you can do as just one little person. And don't feel like you have to like solve all serving children mm-hmm. in Africa to mm-hmm. make a difference. Start right now. Start yeah. in your neighborhood, your school, your home, your company. Go volunteer. If you don't believe in the power of that American flag to spark some kind of patriotism and awareness and gratitude, I would challenge you to come find me at a parade this summer <laughs> when there's a parade that runs down the street and there's a flag from curb to curb that takes dozens of people to carry. You hike up with us this November when we fly that flag or go with Kyle Fox when he flies his flag in Pleasant Grove for the 4th of July. Touch that flag. Mm -hmm. Watch the giant one wave. Listen to stories of veterans around you. Listen to stories of the families of the fallen. Go read a history book that doesn't just hate America. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying brush it under the rug. No, no. Be candid. Be open. But we, we will spend the summer at parades and summer days and festivals and rodeos, and we will take the flag wherever we go. In September, we will have a huge commemorative event up in the Ogden area in honor of 9-11. Mm-hmm. Not to celebrate the terrorist attacks, to but to commemorate, it. to mm-hmm. be, again, aware, mm-hmm. to be aware of the loss of that day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just military and firefighters that died that day. People in an office died that day. Daycare, daycare workers died that day. Regular, everyday Americans died that day. Why? Because they woke up and went to work. Yeah. There was there was no moving target on their back. Let's talk about that. But then let's learn and become aware of the resilience that rose September 12th, mm-hmm. September 13th. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, we, we remember it today. So we'll do that in September. You're all invited. It's free. If you're a school teacher, administrator, please bring your kids on a field trip. You it's, can. It's stunning. It's, 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 it's stunning. I appreciate that. It's immersive. Yeah. You feel it. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe it, you feel it. You feel it. You hear it. You see it. You almost can smell it, even though we don't have any smell. (laughs) We don't have smell-o-vision, but we have TVs. We have photos. We have, we try to make it as immersive as we can while being uplifting. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to leave just sick about what happened that day. I love that you're saying uplifting in here. That's a word that is very important to me. My motto in life is be creative, be bold, be inspiring, be uplifting is basically what it is. And whenever we are faced with a choice, you know, we have our flight, fight, or freeze is what we can do. I want you to fight, but not fight with apathy, you know? It's okay to connect and grow and learn from one another in your story of resilience. Learn from that awareness, but then move forward. We, for a reason, live in a democracy where we're asked to participate in it. If we freeze and just say there's no point, I'm not going to Yeah, or if it's too hopeless, it, I too can't hopeless, fix that. Yeah. Nothing will change. It won't yeah. change for the better. And the thing is, is the people who are in power or the people who have the money, they'll get more of a say just because that's how it 
works. Yep. So we need to make sure we are participating in it as well. Even if we don't like it. Participate in patriotism, people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even if we don't like it. Like me personally, in the last presidential elections, I voted third party. No, and I, you know, some may say that's throwing your vote away. <laughs> but or voting your conscience. Sure, or, sure. I, yeah, I wanted to vote my conscience, my ethics. And I, I want to still participate in the system. Let's let's make sure that as we participate in patriotism, we don't confuse it with partisan politics. Yeah, you can belong yes, to yes, any yes. party you want, and you can love America and acknowledge America has flaws, past and present. You can be hopeful about the future and kind of a little leery that holy cow, we probably have some work to do. Mm-hmm. Like all that's of that's true. All of that's We're true. Changing. So it's going to be America season, Memorial Day. You'll have all the Fourth of July, Twenty Fourth of July, City Summer Festival days. You'll get to September 11th. Shortly after that, you'll have Veterans Day. Mm -hmm. In closing, I want to share, I've shared this before, but I'm going to keep telling until we educate America. Memorial Day and Veterans Day have two very different purposes. They're both American military holidays. They both are beautiful and and a great day to buy a couch on sale at the furniture (laughs) store. But let's really quickly, Memorial Day is the day to honor those who die in the service of their country. Very specifically, even more so than honoring your grandma or your aunt Susie or whoever else is buried at the cemetery. Let's honor them too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The history of Memorial Day goes back to the Civil War and the men and women who died in the war. Veterans Day is a day to honor those who currently are serving or have served but are still living. Mm-hmm. So if you say to a family like mine, hey, happy Memorial Day. I don't know, Memorial Day is the happiest of holidays. Like, mm-hmm. I'm happy that my husband served. I'm happy that he could serve our country. To be honest, I'm happy he was willing to die so that I could have my freedoms. I don't know that I'm the happiest he's dead. But Veterans Day, again, honors those who serve and have served. And then lost in there in May also, third Saturday of May, is Armed Forces Day. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of all of it. Have served, will serve, this branch, that branch. So Flag Day's in the middle of summer. All the branches of the military have a, a holiday. Most cities in Utah still have a small town political, oh, uh, not yeah. political, sorry, not political, patriotic, patriotic celebration. Other than Riverton, we have the biggest so, one, Riverton oh, Town Days. Every, everyone says there's the biggest. I'm like, hey, have you been to Cherry Days in North Ogden? Come on, people, I invite you. So listen, if you're listening, it's going to be America's season. Find a way to take your family, your friends, your coworkers to participate in patriotism. Mm -hmm. Evaluate your own awareness, your gratitude, and your willing to act, action. If you feel like you don't know what to do, reach out and find me, info at majorbrenttaylor.com, info at majorbrenttaylor.com. I will put you to work and let you see if that patriotism can be ignited. And with that patriotism, again, humility and awareness to where you can build bridges and have, you know, very energetic disagreement conversations and still appreciate and respect each other. Right. Let's so, look for ways to connect. Fly the flag, people. Look at, I love what you said, Kelly, on the history of what that flag represents. It wasn't meant to be something that divides us and, and causes us to hate each other and argue. It's meant to represent the values, the valor, and the blood that has kept this country free. Men and women who have given up every dream they ever had so that you and I can live ours. So... That's it. Thank you, Kellyanne, for being my co-host and producer today. She's running all the all the boards. If you're listening, we hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. We hope you enjoy America's season, American or not. We hope you enjoy taking opportunities to be aware and get involved. And we really hope that you'll be brave enough to contact us and share your story of resilience. We have one as a country. We have one as individuals. I promise if you're listening, you have a story of resilience. We'd love to hear it. You can contact us through email at rrpodcast at ksl.com. 
You can find us on Instagram and Facebook with the Relentlessly Resilient Podcast. DM us or comment on something. And remember, whatever you do today, remember to be kind. You have no idea the struggles people are dealing with in their lives. Take care, everybody. Have a good day. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.